and we're good. Hey, this is Jimmy. This is Andre. And this is Jonathan, and you're listening to the Where I Stand podcast. Um, today's topic is going to be parenting during uh, a pandemic and uh, how do we manage. Gentlemen, welcome. Thanks, guys, for spending some more time with us today. Uh, how was your uh, weekend and Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving on my side was um, really dull, you know, for the most part. We, we cooked, we all had some food. We actually did go to my mother's house, my, my mother in law's house. We kept it under eight people, so you know, Cuomo had to come knock down our door. Uh, <laughs> we kept it pretty uh, quaint for the most part. Well, if he was in certain parts of Brooklyn, they might not have knocked on your door, but that's a topic for another day. (laughs) (laughs) Andre, how was yours? I was chill. I'm actually in front of my air fryer right now because this is my first experience. Uh, This Thanksgiving was my first experience with an air fryer. Mm. So um, I'm trying it out. I'm kind of liking it. I made some rice and peas that I'm really proud of and some uh, some baked macaroni and cheese. Nice. Um, we we kind of just chilled in the crib, just the four of us, you know. We got the family on FaceTime. Um, it's ha- really hard to coordinate because, you know, my parents, by the time we was ready to eat, they was already comatose from the... Mm. <laughs> it was in a food coma, so, you know, trying to coordinate everything is uh, definitely still tricky. But... Um, it was lovely overall. What about you, Jonathan? Uh, same here. I mean, um, we went over to my in-law's house and uh, there was about five of us there in total because the sisters and stuff like that went out. Uh, but it was pretty chill. I think for the most part, I spent most of my day just playing PlayStation. <laughs> and, and, that was pretty, and that was pretty much it. You know, playing PlayStation and food and stuff like that. So. Nice. What you playing? So that day it was playing a lot of like Call of Duty and um, uh, I think that's pretty much it really, mostly just Call of Duty. But however, um, I, did, I was telling Jimmy earlier that I downloaded uh, Lego Batman and um, Lego Avengers, more more so for like my son. But um, it turns out that I actually like the game a lot more than he does, but it's a two-player game, so it allows us both to play together, which is something that I was looking for because most of the games that I had was either we're playing against each other or we take turns. And these two, actually, we both can sit down and play the same exact game at the same time, doing like the same storyline. So, Ooh, cool. That's a great segue. Yeah, <laughs> that's a great segue. <laughs> So, you know, continuing um, some of the epi- some of the t- topics from last week's episode, you know, Jimmy had mentioned that he did a lot of, um, you know, watching the media and stuff like that, and watching the news, and you know, he had to take, kind of take a step back from it. Um, how, you know, there's a lot of good, a lot of bad. Um, you know, there's all sorts of news, right? But all three of us are parents. How do you know with with now? You know, the elections are over. Biden's the, as the declared winner, right? I think it's safe to say that he's the declared winner. Yep. Um, you know, and you got Trump who's refusing to leave and, you know, throwing up. Big old baby. Right. You know, how do we, and, and where he, or the president rather, is the one who's, a lot of people like idolize them, right? So they mm-hmm. kind of set the tone for what 
people should expect of you know of a president, right? And and they they're held to, held to high regard. With this presidency that's now leaving, what kind of you know? How, how do you guys feel about you know what what our kids are learning from from him or just as a whole? You know, uh, how do we how do we you know teach our kids to a either not be like that president or b how to be like the president who may be coming and stuff like that? Great question. Um, I think is is you know the, the office of the president is always. It's like you're here, it's like you're here, but you're also not here, right? Mm-hmm. Like, cause they don't they don't live in your house every day. But like, considering both of all three of our children were born under an Obama presidency, right? And you know, if you want to pretend like that doesn't matter, then like you know, you're you're denying some some really um, prominent truths, right? Like we 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 know that Obama carried himself a certain way, and that kind of set the expectation for how we view the office of the president, you know, and he kind of changed what we thought about a president um, in America, because, you know, though, though Donald Trump seems alien, um, you know, in 2020, he wasn't that far off of, you know, presidents in the past. Like there have been really unsavory presidents, but yeah, like I think it's definitely a challenge being an adult trying to raise a certain uh, you know, expectations on your child when the person who has the most important job in the country, the highest position in the country is, you know, exhibiting behaviors that you wouldn't want to see from your toddler. Mm. Um, so it's definitely, definitely a challenge. What do you think, uh, Jimmy? Um, no, I, I agree with that. Um, the president is supposed to stand for, for um, he's our leader. Uh, he represents us on the world stage for the most part. Um, so, yeah, we've definitely had presidents in the past who were not up to standards, but nothing like this ever before in um, my lifetime or any of your lifetimes. Uh, he has to do better. And I think teaching our kids is showing them the right from wrong. It's explaining to them how what this president has said in the past and is currently saying is wrong for the most part or or why we feel it's wrong I think that's the only way you can really teach them um, mm. just explaining why what he said is wrong um, that he talks on something about climate change and he said something to the effect that windmills kills birds and gets cancer um, other than just telling your kids that uh, the president's an idiot explaining to them why he's incorrect uh, him making his comments about Muslims back in um, the beginning of his, his uh, election 16, yeah. explanatory kids about tolerance and why what he's saying is not the right path for anyone to take and it's tricky because with this president you're doing it every single day every single day for the last four years and it, it shouldn't be that way that's, yeah, that's, that's what I can think of I kind of differ um, and I think it's because of, of um, my just my thoughts of not just um, President Trump but just as a presidency as a whole I um, I don't understand why um, and then this isn't you know, to you guys at all, but this is just as a, as a general statement, but I don't understand why we hold uh, the president to a high regard like that. Right? I don't, I, I, um, 
I take my son, for example, right? If, you know, all the craziness that Donald Trump has done and stuff like that, you know, I, I would explain if my son had a question, you know, why is he doing stuff like that? I'll explain to him why, you know, it doesn't make any sense or why he's acting the way it's, he is and stuff like that. However, I won't tell him, you know, oh, uh, you should look up to somebody like this person, right? You should look up to the the president or, damn, you know, uh, if the president's acting this way, then we should all act the same way because he's the one who's kind of the face of us. Um, I don't really kind of see it that way. Like, I feel like, you know, if he doesn't, if he does his craziness, then it doesn't really like, you know, affect me or my child or stuff, or even any, any child like I Unless, unless otherwise, right? He or she actually plans on, or in their mind, they have um, a goal and aspirations to become the next president of their generation. Then, in that sense, I kind of would I agree with you guys and and having to teach them and you know explaining these things to them. But if they're you know they they don't have any goals to be a president, then it's just like ah man, whatever. I think I think it could be a great opportunity to name some of those things, right? Because I heard um, when you were talking, you said some of the craziness, or um, when Jimmy Jimmy was talking, he was um, mentioning like the Muslim ban. Like I feel like those are great opportunities to really unpack those things, unpack those ideas, right? So instead of saying like this is he wasn't being nice to Muslims, like we can name it as Islamophobia, right? We can name we can name it as racist when he's you know refusing to condemn uh, white supremacist violence, right? We can name that as an act of racism right we can talk about we can talk about ableism right when he make when he he makes fun of um you know people with different abilities handicapped people uh we could we could make we could name those things i think it it could potentially be a great launching point because he provides us with such you know as jimmy said so, so much content such rich um opportunities to really have these teachable moments where we can say well look this is not okay and here's why right this is an evidence of a world's view that views X people as disposable, as, you know, unsavory, undesirable, unworthy of life, right? When we have those conversations, we name it. I think we give our kids power. And um, it, it, it it's contradictory in a way because someone with those views to be able to express them on a large platform is problematic, right? Because if we have a, a just country, a fair country, then something like that shouldn't happen. You shouldn't even get to the point where you have a megaphone to be able to say that because, right. yes, we have freedom of speech, but... Um, you know, not everybody feels the consequence of their words the same way, right? Like, I don't know what it was like to be um, a Chinese kid or an Asian kid in public school in March where, you know, you got the president calling it the Kung flu or the China virus. Mm -hmm. I don't know what that's like, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think that, you know, if if nothing else, his, his presidency has provided us with ample opportunities of over, you know, bigotry, xenophobia, um, Islamophobia, you know, ableism, sexism, misogyny, you know, you name it. He's given you like so many, his tweets alone, right. Um, has given you so much content and opportunities to kind of discuss these things. So I think that, um, having that shared example could be helpful as a parent to be able to, you know, unpack and to talk about that stuff in real time. Mm. That was deep, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was super deep. It actually changed my mind a little bit too because, 
Yo, you are right. I mean, it definitely gives us topics to have um, with our kids. Maybe not now because, you know, our kids are kind of too young to, at least I think, to even understand. However, mm, mm. That's, that's my next question. <laughs> but <laughs> but ho- however, you know, at, at some point, you know, as they grow up, um, they will learn about that stuff. So it's definitely, I think it's a good, a good conversation to have with them and then be able to explain, you know, those those type of antics and, and stuff that he was doing and why so, they're, why they're wrong. So on a quick note on the, on the age appropriateness of these conversations, um, if your child is old enough to experience racism, then they're old enough to learn about it. If they're old well, enough to experience ableism, then they're old enough to learn about it or sexism or misogyny or whatever, whatever the ism or the, whatever it is, if they're old enough to feel it, to experience it, then they're old enough to learn about it. Well, I mean, uh, that, uh, that's a, that's a very good, you know, point you're, you're making, but how do we know that they, they can actually feel it? You follow what I'm saying? Like, are we projecting? Um, do, do you what, remember the first time you were made to feel less than? Like, for any reason? Do you remember the first time somebody looked down on you for part of your identity, for being who you are? Do you remember that experience? Do you remember how old you were? I, yeah, I was I, definitely, well, definitely, or, um, probably teens, maybe. Mm-hmm. I think um, in terms of, of what is age appropriate, um, just again, my own opinion on it, I think, yeah, you should teach them, but I think there should be levels to it. Um, so, as they, they get older, you know, you don't get them the full on one. Like, why are I mad? Because you don't want you because you. Like, I don't think that's a bit, that's, that might be a bit too strong for them. But um, slowly bringing them into that world and slowly opening their eyes. Uh, sometimes getting some, someone up too much of something right off the bat is not a good thing. So I think slowly bring them into that understanding of why everything is the way it is. And you can you can filter that and bring them in by giving them history, uh, showing them what their history was in the beginning. Always. So that they start Always. to get that standing right off the bat. And this way, once um, they're old enough, they already understand where they come from. And here's my question: When is old the enough? The that their 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 heritage brings them. I would say honestly, I'd say by their their teens, by their teens. Um, what team? Like thirteen? If anything else is not the teens, maybe eleven, twelve, thirteen. Somewhere on that that format would probably be the point to really start getting them to say like, okay, son, you're you're you have a good understanding of what this world is. Obviously, they're so, not done. They're not masters at it. But it's an understanding that when they go on their own to go to the store uh, to buy stuff, they know what the world is. So let me add, let me add on to this just to um to contextualize it, right? I think about it like food because I'm cooking right now. So, you know what I mean? If I'm going to make my child a plate, I'm going to put different food groups on the plate. I may not put the same amount on their plate as I would for somebody that's older, but it's going to be on the plate. And even if they don't eat it, even if they're not ready to eat it yet, it doesn't strike their appetite. It doesn't hit their palate, right? It's there so that when they're ready to dive into that, they're going to ask you those questions, right? They're going to say, well, well, tell me a little bit more about that. Like, what does this mean? Like, how? Come, why are they doing this? Then you can dig a little deeper. But I think that 
the exposure is important. Like use the words, name the things, give them that exposure. And then when they're ready to dig deeper, then they will already have a launching point. They can say, well, I, you mentioned the word racism earlier. Like, what does that mean? Like, is this racist? And then now you have the opportunity. So, oh, I see you could like, you would like a little bit more uh, salad on your plate. So I'm going to scoop on a little bit more because now you're telling me that you can handle it. So the, to me, first, I have to give it to you that you get exposure to it, let you decide how you feel about it. And then you're going to tell me how much more you need of each quantity of the different types of food that I'm giving to you. You get what I'm saying? Versus, you know, I'm just going to give you what kids get until you're older because we never get uh, ready for that older part. And like, it's the same thing about like conversations about sex, right? Like we, we always say, you know, you're too young to talk about sex. You're too young for this. But the reality is we have these conversations early. We have them often. If we, we bring them in and we tune them up as, as need be, um, then we're not going to have as much anxiety about it as parents when it comes time to have those difficult conversations about, you know, consent about, um, you know, different things. Cause everyone already have built that, understanding in that relationship so give it to them give give the kids a, a choice from each of the different food categories food groups and then allow them to decide how much of each they desire that they need that they're ready for mm. i like that but i also kind of I'm, I'm kind of on on jimmy's side i kind of feel like the 11 12 13 year olds is the kind of the proper age but at the same time, I also feel that, you know, if my son came to me when he was seven years old and was like, hey, you know, um, why is um, why is this lady like cutting in front of, you know, this other like black or Spanish person when she should have been waiting at the back of the line like we all are? In that sense, then, like, he's kind of opening up the gates. Okay, cool. Let's kind of have this conversation now then, you know, because he's bringing it on. And I guess that's kind of what you're saying too, Andre, right? Like, if, yeah. he, if he's, you know, inviting me into this conversation, then, all right, cool. Let's, let's have it. And when you're ready to dive deeper into it, then yeah. it's there. But for right now, because here's the surface of it. My thing is racism doesn't wait until your child is a certain age to affect them. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. it does not wait. Racism isn't like, man, as soon as you turn 11, I'm going to get you. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's not like that. So they're ex the moment they take their first breath in this world, they're experiencing a world that was created and organized under the basis of race, under the basis of gender, under the basis of citizenship status. They've already been born into that world. I think it's our job to give them the tools to try to make sense of the world to try to change that world that they're already a part of. But like, I think we do our children a disservice when we choose to wait to have important conversations until we, because it's not about the child being ready, because the children can handle, listen, uh, Jimmy, perfect example. Like, your daughter is the best video game player that I've seen at her age. <laughs> and these are complex ideas to be able to know when to press the jump button to press the back to engage in strategy and to enact strategy on a digital gaming platform requires a great deal of intelligence and an intellect so conceptually the children are there it's whether or not we are comfortable in sitting down and having these conversations with our children 
that's really what it because we're the ones that are the that the, are the deciding factors, not our kids. Our kids are ready. I promise you, they're ready. And they and our kids can notice difference whether or not they're able to name it as racism. They notice difference. They notice that boys do certain things, quote unquote, and girls do certain things. They're able to recognize differences in people, and it's up to us. I think Andre Easton's opinion to give them language, to give them tools, to make sense of what already is and what could be and what should be mm. right to give them that compass give them so, a blueprint so what i what i would say to that would be um just to throw back to the gaming question uh she's good at those games now because for about the last year and a half uh, yeah. we played together and it was that slow step of you got to jump over that. You got to j- jump on this mushroom. Um, you got to hit this D-pad right here. Yep. And it was her slowly learning all those things. You don't learn overnight. No, really of course not. But she learned it over time. Yep. So I think when it comes to teaching child racism, it's, it's that slow process of getting them um, all the basics in there and showing them why do I have to press the left button on the D-pad? Go backwards. Allow them to go back. You know, explain it to them as you're moving them along, so that when they're at age, when the time, like you said, the time is never. There isn't a time for it, but they may come across more of it as they get older. Um, they'll be a bit more understanding of it, and he may so here, understand. So let me to live let me build it a bit better. Let me build on your analogy. Right, you never gave Lorelai a controller that was missing buttons. You gave her the controller with all the buttons on it, and when she was ready for the buttons, she was able to use them. But you didn't say, you don't. You have a controller that's missing the B button or the A button. You have all of the buttons, and you decide when you're ready to use them. When you've developed the skill to use them to make sense of them, then you're going to put those those skills into practice. You get what I'm saying? So we're not saying different things, right? We're, we're, we're using the same, we're using different analogies, different entry points to, you know, express the same idea. You provide your child with the tools and allow them to, over time, as they develop, get more familiar with those tools and to put those tools into practice. That, that, and to me, that's my perspective on anything. We talk about drugs. We want to talk about racism, sexism, you know, bodily autonomy, any of those things. Give the kids the tools and let them decide when they're developmentally ready to, to get more practice with those tools. And then you guide them along the way. And you've done an excellent job of that, Jimmy.
Thank you guys for tuning in and listening to the first half of what we think is uh, was a really good conversation regarding, you know, um, parenting and dealing with a pandemic and how to, uh, I guess, set the tone for our kids um, as they grow up and being better role models. Stay tuned throughout the week. Well, we will be releasing um, the second part of this episode where we dive a little bit deeper in how we Um, parent our kids and, you know, continue the conversation of being better role models. Uh, So thanks again for listening to the Where I Stand podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed and uh, let us know what you think. Take care. Have a good one.